Welcome to A Better Way Podcast with your host, Ryan Haley. Learn to excel in business God's way, where the supernatural meets the practical. Experience a better way to succeed and learn from real-life business owners and entrepreneurs who have prospered in unconventional ways. Be inspired by their true stories and realize that prayer can become your practical source of provision when you embrace walking by faith and not human sight. And now, here's your host, Ryan Haley. Welcome back to A Better Way Podcast. This is your host, Ryan Haley, and this episode is the conclusion of my interview with James Brown, aka JB. JB is a three-time Emmy award-winning broadcast journalist, most well-known for his coverage of NFL football and other professional sports. Last week, we left you with a bit of a cliffhanger, and James is going to answer the question that I ended on last week about how he has achieved biblical good success in addition to incredible worldly success, and how he was able to use his faith and partnership with God to do what would otherwise have been impossible on his own. Enjoy the conclusion of this interview with James Brown. Where did your faith intersect your natural and developed abilities and skill sets throughout life to get you to a point you couldn't have otherwise gotten to? So that credit goes to the church that I belong to and the Christian teaching, the foundational teaching that I was getting at Rama Christian Center Church under the tutelage of Bishop Clarence Givens. You ask, what role does faith play in my life, if you will? It is foundational to everything that I do. It can't be an a la carte approach. (laughs) It has to be all or nothing. Mm. And I came to buy that truth as I grew in my faith. As I was going to Bible study, I didn't understand the uh, kind of Elizabethan sounding English, King James (laughs) English. But our bishop said, no, no, just hang in there. If you have a heart and a passion to do it. You'll learn. Keep coming because getting the word in you is like he used the example of a clear glass with a little bit of dirt and mud at the bottom. But if you come in and have the water of the word filled in you every day, reading your word, coming to Bible study, going to church and then hearing the uh, tenets of the faith being applied in a message in a sermon, that water will wash that dirt and gunk out and Pretty soon it'll be out of the glass and you'll Mm. be full of nothing but the water of the word, which should permeate everything. Heaven, the the, the Samaritan woman at the well asked Jesus, give me this living water. Mm. She didn't want to be thirsty anymore. And so that is what laid the foundation for me in everything I do foundational scriptures for me early on because it hasn't all been, um, you know, a cherry pie uh, (laughs) without a doubt in terms of some of the difficulties uh, that I've encountered in life. But that is a part of life. We live in a fallen world. We're never going to have challenges uh, and temptations. But the Bible tells us, you know, once we put on the whole armor of God and no matter what comes your way, when you've done all you can stand. So I rooted myself in some key foundational scriptures, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, chapter 3, verses 5 through 6, foundational for me. Trust in the Lord with all of my heart. Lean Mm. not unto my own understanding. In all of my ways, Mm. acknowledge him, and he will direct my paths. I love Joshua 1a, which I've already shared with you. I also grew to understand that even in this very fickle work world, and particularly the Uh, the the fickle world of media, how people might be looking for the new flavor of the day. How do you enjoy sustained excellence Mm. in that kind of environment? 
Psalm 75, 6 and 7 was key for me as well too. But many people will put their trust in man. God says, no, promotion doesn't come from the east, nor the west, nor the south. God is the judge. He puts down one and sets up another. So there's a pattern here. But foundational to all of that really is found in Numbers 23 and 19, mm. where even in the context of... Um, of uh, Baal being trying, I guess they were trying to curse the Israelites, and um, and was it uh, Balaam? Balaam who was actually being you know solicited to try to you know put a curse on the Israelites, but he couldn't do it, and he was the one saying, "Look, I can't refute or go against the counsel of God." And Numbers twenty three and nineteen says that God is not a man that he can lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it, and will it not be done? Wow. So you've got all of these solid pronouncements in the Bible. And as I get to understand that the Bible, if you will, is essentially a book of principles, precepts, and promises. We have a job to do. God will deliver. Now, it's not to be looked at legalistically like it's not a faith of works. Mm. But the point is, if we believe in God faithfully, then we'll be obedient to him. Here's a prescription that um, uh, one of my confidant pastors, uh, Dale O. Shields at Redeemer Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland, says, here's a prescription here. If you get to know God, which is what I was doing, then you'll get to trust God. Mm -hmm. If you trust God, then you'll be obedient to God. Mm -hmm. And if you're obedient to God, you will be blessed by God. Limited knowledge, limited uh, trust. Limited trust, limited obedience. Limited obedience, limited promises. I wanted the whole ball of wax. So that foundational uh, teaching that I was getting to learn what the tenets of the faith are, who it is, why we should trust in the Bible, because it is what we are rooting our lives in, putting our lives in the hands of what the promises are in the Bible, I, I bought that lock, stock, and barrel, mm. and every difficulty that I encounter, there are scriptures from the, for that. But we understand we're going to run into difficulties, but God already tells us that we are overcomers if we believe in his word. So in my work environment, when I run into difficulties, that's already to be expected. The question is, what philosophy are you standing on? Well, my world, my view is a biblical view, not a worldview. And as I look back over the course of my life, I've seen how he's taken me through every challenge, circumstances, highs and lows. But there have been lessons there that have benefited me as a result. And I also expect it because in Romans 15 and 4, it says that everything that was written aforetime in that language, mm. everything that happened aforetime is for our learning so that we may through um, uh, patience and comfort of the scriptures may have hope. So the point is, these things are going to happen, but how are you dealing with them? It's not unlike dealing with challenges on the job, but do you have the right attitude? Do you feel you have the right prescription for success to be able to handle it? And the Bible is replete with the foundational scriptures that will help us through every circumstance and to overcome. And I... I know too much now. It's too late. I've learned too much about it. So I've got to continue to apply it in everything. I like the combination of factors you just mentioned, because some people can look at the Bible, as Andrew even talked about at the men's conference this weekend, 
even unbelievers and heathens can use success Absolutely. principles in the Bible. So yes, it is a book of principles, mm-hmm. but it's not just a book of principles. It's much more than that. Mm-hmm. And that's another part of when I talk about a better way. Yes, there's a better way in that you don't have to do things the world's way. You can do things the biblical way. But even within that, within a biblical worldview, within a relationship with God, there's a better way than just going by the formula for success and the principles. Now, I love what you said. It was precepts, principles, principles and promises. And promises. Mm-hmm. Yet you said something critical that I want to highlight here. It is based on a relationship with God and trust. First and foremost, because the only thing that pleases him and the only way this is going to work is faith. Mm-hmm. That's foundational and crucial to it all. Loved your example. Criminals can apply biblical principles and they will be successful. Mm-hmm. But that's not what the book of Joshua, verse chapter one, verse eight, defines as good success. Right. That's worldly, that's limited. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to we all we all work for bosses here on earth. Mm-hmm. We will have a boss to answer to at the end of the day. All truth is parallel. What's true in the natural is true in the supernatural. And when we stand before that boss, most of us, all of us should be aiming to stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ as opposed to the great white throne judgment. If you're before the great white throne judgment, you know you're not entering heaven at all because God at the end of the day is only going to be concerned about what do we do with his word Did we have faith in Jesus Christ? What is it? Is it in John 17 and 3 that this is eternal life, that Mm -hmm. they may believe uh, you as as God the Father and Jesus Christ whom he has sent? That's the prescription for Mm -hmm. faith. The Bible links all these truths together so we have a rock-solid foundation to stand on. But when we stand before him, we might be able to fool people down here on earth. Mm -hmm. But 1 Samuel 16 and 7 says, man may look on the outside, God looks on the heart. He knows our heart. And when we stand before him, he's going to, just as you emphasized that point at the men's conference, If we're going to rely on our resume Mm. of works Mm. and accomplishments, all of that stuff will burn up. That's called wood, stubble, and hay. That burns up before the Lord. His word, that's the gold standard. We want to make certain that we've done what what, what is according to his word, which will be deemed as gold, silver, and precious stones. And all of those define doing things according to God's way and not man's way. That is an absolute truth. Look, I know how brilliant you are. It's really funny how so many people will try to rely on their own intellect, their own intelligence. They're looking for a reason. If they can't find a reasonable one that makes sense to them, whether it's mathematics, whether it's science, whether it's logic, then you know what? Don't tell me to believe in something and have faith in something, but they're exercising faith every day just in the wrong things in terms of getting up to pursue whatever they want to do. God says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. So my life mantra is to make certain that I, I want to be an excellent ambassador for Christ. So when I get up and I adopt and try to live Colossians 3.23, do all that you do heartily or excellently 
to the Lord and not unto man. My bosses here on earth can't help but be pleased. But I also want to do that in terms of examining what I'm doing. And just like I said before, in that basketball example, back in life when I failed because I did not understand and internalize that there's no such thing as standing still, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. Well, we need to be in that word every day because we can't ever get complacent as I did before to think we know it all because our adversary is more than worthy. As a matter of fact, he's better than us if we rely on ourselves. Mm. But if we've got God on our side, we are overcomers as long as we abide in him, Mm. then he will abide in us. That is so well said, James, because again, it's something that you kind of alluded to. And I want to make sure that I really bring this out. Again, you're your life exemplifies, as does Coach Dungy's and many other like you, excellence, dedication, hard work, integrity, all those things. But again, the thing we come back to that this message is all about is what is God's better way? And mm-hmm. that is, you, and you said it and it was kind of subtle and I want to make sure that we really capture mm-hmm. this. Even things that look really good, that we could be doing supposedly for the Lord, uh, whether it's in ministry or in our work, these things that outwardly look like these very impressive accomplishments, those things, if they're not done by true faith, they are going to be the wood, hay, and stubble that burns up in the fire. And as I've gotten a deeper revelation of grace over my life, I've realized that the things that are going to make it through, the gold, the silver, the precious stones, I think those are the times when we trusted God, as you just talked about, and not ourselves. No matter how impressive our accomplishments, no matter how well-intentioned we were to do all these great exploits for the Lord, if it's not coming by His strength and not by human strength, then that's the stuff I believe is going to be burned up in the fire and that we want to be very intentional about continuing to depend on the Lord. You, you brought up um, an Old Testament corollary in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 to a key verse I talk about a lot in the New Testament, which is 1 Corinthians one twenty five, which is the foolishness of God is wiser, wiser than human than wisdom, wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger, stronger. than human strength. Mm. And Again, it's really sometimes hard to differentiate between what's human strength, what's mm-hmm. God's strength, because sometimes you're right. In, in doing things unto the Lord, Colossians 3.23, you can't help but impress your bosses because anything that's done to a kingdom standard of excellence as unto God is going to reflect that in the natural. But there are things that may look in the natural that don't impress God. And so what I have seen with you is that as you founded your life on the word, the supernatural power of God's word, and most importantly, trust in him so that we can have the obedience, not out of our flesh, not out of our own striving, but truly that's coming from him, which is the only kind of faith that's true biblical faith. If it's something you're generating on your own as a human exercise of effort, it is not true faith. Mm -hmm. By definition, true faith can only be received by God's grace because it comes from him and through you. So this has this ability and this um, willingness to follow God's better way of doing things in your career has led to three different Emmys. Now we know that Mm -hmm. it's not all about worldly success, but it is a feather in God's cap to have a man like yourself that exemplifies the highest levels of excellence, honor, and integrity. Tell us about a a little bit more about how those Emmys came to be and how your faith was integral to that happening. Well, first of all, thank you. You're awfully good here too, because the bottom line was, I didn't answer the question earlier, but you're doing a nice job in bringing it back. Hey, the bottom line was applying biblical principles to be successful in the game of life. Look, when I went to uh, work at Fox, 
to co-host their pregame show. They had Terry Bradshaw, a four-time Super Bowl winner, a two-time Super Bowl MVP, a Hall of Famer. There was Jimmy Johnson, who, thank God, finally is getting into the Hall of Fame, hmm. former coach of the Dallas Cowboys, phenomenal coach in turning that organization around. Howie Long, 13 years with the Raiders, eight times a, a pro bowler. That's the studio team that I get to work with at Network TV. Excuse the vernacular, it ain't about me. Hmm. It's about the team, and it's really about those guys. So my attitude had to be one reflective of Philippians 2.3, in lowliness of mind, esteem others more highly than myself. I wasn't going to go out there to try to compete with them because, as I mentioned earlier, viewers can see that. Why would I be trying to compete on their turf as opposed to maximizing the talent that they have? Mm. So I wanted to be unselfish to get the best out of them. If I saw their strengths and maximized them, even in a humorous format or when we're dealing with substance, it's about putting them in the best position. Mm. The first two Emmys I won were because I worked with that stellar team who were superb in their own right. I'm not, this isn't about me. It's not about my pride and ego. My ego is in the effort of the team. What can I do to help the team look better? Every joint supply. So whatever the Lord gave me in terms of discernment, Certainly, we can talk about spiritual discernment as well, too. Uh, we can talk about recognizing the talent and then maximizing that talent for the good of the team. I was going to work hard to understand what they brought to the table from their own personal playing days and whatever um, assets they brought to the table uh, from an analytical standpoint and to maximize them. So that's what led to those first two Emmys because I'm working with the best in the business mm. and they're getting that kind of recognition. Yet I get my due humbly so, by getting those Emmys. And when I went to CBS to work with the crew over there with uh, Dan Marino, Shannon Sharp, Boomer Esiason, um, you know, I got my opportunity there because I still brought the same attitude, even though the um, request was, you're the anchor of the show, we want you doing such and such. I was a little shy from that. Yes, I can offer my opinion and my insight and analysis where appropriate, but I wanted the team to see that I am about trying to get the best out of you. I'm the point guard on the basketball floor, if you will, and I've got some great shooters. I want to put them in the best possible position so that they can score where they're comfortable. If they do that, then the team wins. Mm. That's how it came about. And I've been humbled to be nominated, I don't know, 12, 15 times, but even to be recognized those three times was more than enough for me to know that, hey, I bring some value to the table, but it's not to seek to be above those guys, but to be the best that I can to elicit the best out of them. God's ways are contrary to the world's ways. So I wasn't trying to make this about me. Mm. That's about pride. Pride comes before the fall. All truth is parallel. So I was not going to violate biblical uh, truths in scripture in terms of my work world by making it about me. Because once you do that, he who humbles himself mm. will be exalted. He who exalts himself will be abased. Those are biblical principles. So when I answered your question early, where does faith come into play? It is the foundation. It is fundamental to everything I do. The word says there's no other foundation that can be laid than that of Jesus Christ. Well, if I say that, I better exhibit that. The old expression, if they accuse you of being a Christian, there better be enough evidence to convict you. Hmm. So that's what I want to make sure I'm doing in every circumstance. And again, God's ways are 
are different. Mm -hmm. But Ryan, I firmly believe that is the way to go because I've seen it happen. I've seen it pay dividends when I stand on scriptural foundation stones. When I talked about that experience of going over to IBM to interview for the job and the boss bounced me out of there because of my poor inappropriate attire. And then I go to Xerox and Xerox, the executives talked about the objective and subjective criteria for success. And we will hear all kinds of principles, tenets, formulas to follow for success in the world. But what I've learned as a result of my Christian training, learning the Bible, understanding the Bible, having the Holy Spirit quicken your spirit, illuminate your understanding, Mm. Anything that I've been taught that is supposed to be a successful element in the world, in, in, the, in the game of life, I make certain that there's a biblical corollary to it, a foundational stone. If it isn't there, it doesn't stay. Mm. So when I had them talk to me about good communication skills, that is important in the game of life. When I talked about criminals, they can employ mm. biblical principles and be successful, but is it going to enjoy and bring you good success? Is it going to bring you eternal success? Mm. That's going to matter when we stand before um, before God himself. When they talked about uh, good uh, interpersonal skills, working with diverse groups, well, that goes back to the Ephesians 4.16 scripture, mm-hmm. every joint supplies. Mm. We talk about your dress and attire. We represent God. I know first tip. I think it's First Timothy 2, 9, where it talks about the dress and attire. The context is focused on women in terms of not being so outwardly adorned with a lot of lavish stuff, but it applies to guys as well because we represent the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we know that man looks on the outside, God looks on the heart. So I want people to see that I'm representing Jesus Christ with the appropriate attire that mm-hmm. I have on. Overcoming adversity. That's that's existing in everyday life all of us are faced with it. But what um, what, what philosophy are we standing on? What are we employing to overcome that? If we understand there are going to be difficulties. You reference uh, Romans 8.28. We know that's going to come. But if we persevere doing the right thing, doing all we can to stand, stand, because we will overcome if it's God's way, it will win. I've seen it happen time and time and time again. The part about using good language before I know my high school coach made the point, those who engage in profanity, lace tirades, who believe in yelling and screaming at people. My high school coach is a world history teacher, phenomenal teacher. And he used sports and everyday examples in life to make the biblical point that if you're dealing with people who like to yell, scream, holler and curse, Basically, they're saying that they're right and you're wrong, and that's the way to motivate you. No, not at all. That creates a toxic environment in which learning cannot occur. Hmm. So the biblical corollary, when it talks about, uh, I forget the exact scripture, but the essence of it is when it says um, a spring that gives forth good water should not also be the same Mm -hmm. spring that brings out foul water. The scripture goes on to say, my brother, that should not be so. Mm -hmm. So everything that we learn in the Bible has application to everything that we do. And it's going to ensure that you are a champion in the game of life by applying God's principles in every circumstance. That's how I think it applied to the three Emmys. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that it reflected on the kind of person, the character, the integrity that's there, but also focused on excellence and making certain that my colleagues look as good as they possibly Mm. can. There is a couple of things I want to capture there. So much gold that you just gave us. Number one, 
Sometimes there are parallels where the biblical truths mirror or correspond to worldly truths. But I like what you said that you use the biblical truths as the filter or the net to pass something through. And if it doesn't pass that filter, then it doesn't stay in your rubric. If you Because will. as you well know, being in a business world, people will say, does it make any difference who you step over? You climb that ladder, mm-hmm. makes no difference. It's all about you. Yep. You need to get it done. It's self-esteem. Mm-hmm. That's contrary to the word of God. No, it's about everybody else. God's word is different than what the world says. So right. if it doesn't pass that biblical test, as you said, the screen, then I don't keep it locked in. And then, so that brings us to the other point, was that sometimes, as we just said, they're parallel. They're very similar. They're mirror images other times, the biblical worldview is completely opposite to the world's. And we see that with Jesus, with these counterintuitive, seemingly contradictory principles. You go up to go down. The first will be last. The I didn't come to serve, but or I didn't come to be served, but to serve. Yet Jesus is the name at which every knee will bow. You focused on bringing out the best and making your teammates and your fellow colleagues around you look the best they could. And yet we know that it's better to give than receive. The more that you sow, the more that you're going to reap, even though that's counterintuitive. And we saw that that clearly elevated you professionally, even though that wasn't your focus. And then tying those two things together, whether it's mirror images or completely upside down or backwards, is something key that you just said. It's not just enough to know the word. It's the illumination of the word by the Holy Spirit that is really going to give you not just information, but revelation that will help give you discernment and know how to live your life. And that's not something that you can learn from formulas and principles. That is something that has to come from a personal relationship with God and supernatural revelation, which is going to give you the discernment to know when does this apply and how, in which way. And that has clearly borne so much fruit in your life. And so just in wrapping up here, James, I want to give you a chance to speak forth some things that you have not seen manifest yet, but that are in your heart. And I know I might be catching you off guard because we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but I know that a lot of us have been blessed by the incredible anointing and revelation that you have and the absolute pure passion from the Lord to share in a ministry context. And at the same time, you're doing amazing things in the secular world as well. And we don't have to separate these things one from the other. They tie together. And so whatever context it is for you, what are some things right now that you're believing for, whether it's your career, whether it's ministry, whether it's your personal life, finances, whatever, health, what is something that you want to see happen that hasn't happened yet that you can speak forth the things that are not as though they were by faith on the record right now as a declaration. And before I say that, I loved your synopsis just now in terms of how something biblically can be totally contrary to the world altogether. And I thought about what jumped in my head was about the example of people who look for leadership positions. We are familiar with the term servant leader, which is what Jesus Christ was and is, even though he's finished the business here. Hmm. Um, I think about the uh, expression that says, if serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. Oh, So the best thing to do is to learn your job well, because if you learn how to be an excellent follower, Certainly you realize that in the military, understanding the uh, individual elements associated with whatever it is before you can be put in command. My gosh, you better have a good grasp 
of all that there is associated with whatever responsibilities are up under your authority and purview anyway. So if serving is beneath Mm. you, then leadership is above you, is beyond you in that regard. In terms of what's next, I'm not definitively sure, but that also is biblically sound from this standpoint. All I know is you said it actually earlier. You know, the word of God is like a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. But we can only take one step at a time. Heaven's the biblical example. When Moses led um, the, 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 the Israelites out of captivity, the route that he first took was a circuitous route. <laughs> they also avoided the territory where the Philistines were because the Israelites had been in captivity for 400 plus years. So they had a slave mentality. Mm. So why go up against an opposition that was skilled and experienced at war? So God took them away. From that, mm. The point being, God led them. The glory cloud that led them took them along the best route and provided them with what they needed daily, whether it was a glory cloud giving them some cover and shade from the sun or whether it was a pillar of fire at night that provided them with light and warmth. Whatever provisions God provides are the very provisions that we need for that time. Right now, I'm walking along the path that he's provided me. Whatever the last message was he gave me, I'm continuing with that until he gives me a new message. What I would like to do is to use all of the experiences, the skills that I do have in some kingdom major, kingdom building fashion. What that looks like, I'm not sure, but I'm trusting the Lord because he says he will guide me along the route. I trust that. In the corporate world, that doesn't hold water. Man, you need to have your game plan well thought out. You need to have an A, B, and a C plan. There's only one plan with God. That's an A plan. That's his plan. And I trust him. I can look back over the past, be it the intermediate or long-term past. He's guided me wonderfully. Psalm 32 and 8 says, I will teach you and instruct you in the way you should go. I, meaning God, will guide you with mine own eye. If we know that his eye is such that he sees the end from the beginning, he's a good one to follow. (laughs) I will let him lead me where he's going because I know it's going to be exciting. I know he knows my heart. And my heart is to be a major contributor in the upbuilding of the kingdom of God. That's the overall desire. But what the specifics look like, I know he knows it and I'm good. Well, James, I just want to encourage you from someone who's gotten to know you, both seeing you from the stage as well as behind closed doors and in more private contexts. You have clothed yourself with humility. You have wrapped yourself in the garments of Jesus Christ. You've shown that servant's heart and the excellence and accolades that come from that. So I want to encourage you that you are already having a tremendous impact for the kingdom of God, even if you're Mm. in a quote-unquote full-time secular job. Mm. However... I'm going to partner with you in, in my faith and agreement mm-hmm. that there is that this is just the trickle before the flood and that mm-hmm. there is something huge that God is going to birth through you that may already be happening. And again, we can't see mm-hmm. the full tapestry yet, but I am standing in agreement with you. I have been blessed to partner with you just 
in this podcast interview and in our relationship so far. So I'm believing that in faith with you. For those of you who want to connect with James and find out more about what he's doing, whether it's professionally and or in ministry, what's the best way people can get connected to you and what you're doing? So my website is www.jb, my initials, then spell my name, jamesbrown.com, www.jbjamesbrown.com. So that's the best way to connect with me. And uh, I'm excited. First of all, it is an incredible blessing to have spent this time with you on the podcast. I've been doing this a pretty long time. You, my friend, are pretty doggone excellent at it. <laughs> you uh, force one to be mentally alert and sharp. You ask incisive questions, probing questions, and your synopsis are really good. And even the very loving, delicate way you came back effectively saying, JB, you didn't answer the question I asked before about the three Emmys. So can we come back at it in another fashion? All excellent, my friend. Well, I appreciate that. I was That wasn't actually me correcting you. I was just fascinated because of what you said, and I want to tie it together. But it is so important that I think our listeners know how these things connect. Because again, the idea of this podcast and this message is we don't want to be on either opposite ditch of the road. We don't want to be mm. so spiritually minded, you know, so heavenly minded, we're no earthly good. All mm. is pie in the sky and the sweet by and by. Nor do we want to be completely flesh driven and doing everything in human effort and wisdom and then slapping to God be the glory at the end of it when that does not give him glory. And like we said, that's not going to make it through the fire at the end of time. But we're showing that sweet spot, that intersection between heaven and earth where the supernatural truly meets the practical. And you have done an exemplary job of integrating your life in faithful, practical, sustainable ways that has led to much increase and in accolades, not only for you, but most importantly, to God. And that is the whole point of this podcast. So if there's anybody listening, I just feel prompted, I don't usually do this, but if there's anybody listening to this podcast, maybe because you're just a fan of James Brown and the platform he has, which is why I really don't want to denigrate the quote unquote secular as if it's not sacred. Mm -hmm. If there's somebody who maybe doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ or know how to get into that, James, would you lead them into what they can do to get certain that they have eternal salvation, that they have personal relationship with God so that they can spend eternity with him in heaven and live in heaven on earth until that happens. Well, and you know what? The best way for me to do that is probably reference scripture. Again, I know that uh, Jesus had pointed out to, uh, to those doubting religious leaders back in the day that uh, they were looking for eternal life. And he says, eternal life is in the scriptures. And they all talk about me, meaning Jesus Christ. Mm. He is eternal life. I know many people have an aversion to hearing something when you say there's only one way mm. or there are absolutes. Mm. But whether you embrace it or not, that is the truth. Mm. It's a fact. Mm. More importantly than a fact, it's the truth. Mm. And I pray that you will examine your own heart to understand what it is you're seeking, which quite frankly will morph into who it is mm. that you're seeking mm. to recognize that God is absolutely who he says he is. Mm. And when you look back over the span of time, however long you've been here, the fact of the matter is God is giving all of us an opportunity to make a choice, to choose him. Because you know what? Love is a choice as well. Yeah, we can get that tingly feeling when we've got a feeling for somebody, mm -hmm. but does it last? Mm -hmm. Is it sustainable? Love is a choice. The reason we love Jesus is because he first mm. loved us. Mm. And I pray that you will begin that search to know that he is who he says mm. he is. 
And it's going to be a life determining decision for you that has eternal consequences. I choose not to go to smoking down there. I choose to go to (laughs) non-smoking up there and to be prayerful for that because God will reveal himself to you. He's a gentleman. He's just going to knock on a door. He's not going to come kick Mm -hmm. it down. He will present himself to you. And he is evident everywhere in nature. Heaven speaks about him as well, too. And I pray that you would ask because all you need do is say, Lord, Mm -hmm. please come into my heart and reveal yourself. And it's as simple as saying that you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God has raised him from the dead and that he is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Confess him with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. It's as simple as that. And you will be welcomed into the kingdom. It is real. I pray that you will pursue it and embrace it in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. Beautifully said. And for any of those of you who want some biblical proof for that, that was Romans 10, 9, Mm. and 10. I believe that you just recited there. This Romans, yeah, Romans 10, 8 through, 8 through 9, is it? Come on, JB, I should know exactly what it is. but It's definitely Romans 10. I believe if you check okay. out 8, 9, and 10, you'll yes. see that, and there's probably some more context. But the, the mm. bottom line being, believe in your heart and to confess, confess with, with your, your mouth, mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. There, there is no other criteria. Mm. I've had a lot of conversations with Coach Dungy and you and other mm. people recently. If you're listening to this and you think you got to clean yourself up before mm. God can accept you, there is no amount of cleansing that will ever be enough. The only thing that can do anything of consequence in God's eyes is to simply freely accept the freely given gift of salvation and righteousness in Jesus Christ. That's it. Is there a greater example of love than to know that somebody loved you, God, loved you while you were, mm. and me, unlovable? And understand this, that every last one of us is an ex-something or other (laughs) who God gave his life to save us. Amen. Mm. So we invite you guys into that prayer if you haven't made it yet or to revisit it Mm. if you maybe need to dust it off. Just to believe and know in your heart that there's nothing else you have to do. Your work is to believe, John 6, 29. That is it. And we are believing. I'm just at my declaration for this podcast episode is that people are hearing this. Their hearts are being supernaturally penetrated by the seed, the word of God, the gospel itself, the power unto salvation through Jesus Christ. James, your life is an excellent demonstration of not only the eternal benefits, but the temporal benefits Mm. that will result from this because it's not either or. It's heaven on earth and then it's heaven everlasting after that. And again, for anybody who wants to check out more about James and what he's doing, go to www.jbjamesbrown.com. We'll put those in the show notes. I am looking forward to another interview where we're going to follow up and see what God has done in that still somewhat maybe vague or nebulous idea in your heart of upbuilding the kingdom. But I am very expectant about what God's doing in you and what he's going to continue to do. So thank you so much once again, JB, for your willingness to come on here and make a huge and I believe eternal difference in the lives of our listeners and for everything that you're doing. We bless you and Mm. I just cannot thank you enough for your influence, your example, and everything you've done for me and so many other people. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do it. Well, we look forward to doing that again. Stay tuned next week for another episode of A Better Way podcast, and we will be so excited to hear your testimonies. Please feel free to share those through the website, and you can also email me at ryan at godsbetterway.com. We are excited about the impact this is going to have and the testimonies that will then 
lead to yet more testimonies in other people's lives because that's how God works. It's through the word of our testimony and the blood of the lamb that we overcome. And if God's going to do it for one person like he has for JB and so many others, he's no respecter person. So he'll do it for you too. So please share those testimonies so we can share them with others and see this virtuous cycle continue to play out on heaven and earth in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of a better way podcast with Ryan Haley. For more information and to discover more episodes, visit abetterwaypodcast.com or search us on iTunes, TuneIn, or any of your favorite online audio sites. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on iTunes or send us an email. Have a suggestion for who we could interview next? Let us know on our website. Finally, A Better Way is listener-sponsored. Help us to further the message of kingdom entrepreneurship by supporting us financially. You can give online on our website, abetterwaypodcast.com. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.